So um, I'm, I'm continuing with our series, The Holy Spirit and You. And uh, my topic today is empowered. And uh, empowered to do what? We'll, we'll come to that in a minute. So when we go through the history of the Bible, we know that our God created everything, made everything beautiful, and he said it is good. Everything was good. And then we see in the third chapter of Genesis that everything goes wrong, that uh, sin comes and there is a fall and the fellowship with God is broken. And starting from the third chapter of Genesis to the book of Revelation and until the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, we see God's rescue mission for mankind. The whole of the Bible, in fact, is all about God's rescue mission for mankind. To rescue and to restore the fellowship that was broken in the Garden of Eden. And when uh, Jesus came, he came, you know, he had some priorities. And one of them was to reveal God. And Jesus said, if you know me, you know God. If you see me, you have seen God. He came to reveal God. He also came to show us how to live the Christian life. And he said, I am fully dependent on the Father. I speak what the Father speaks. I do what the Father does. I and the Father are one. I love him. He loves me. It shows the perfect fellowship between Jesus and the Father. shows us how to live the Christian life in full dependence, in total dependence on God. And the most important mission was to rescue mankind, to die on the cross in your place and my place and in the place of everyone in this world on the cross to pay the penalty for all our sins once for all. And then after doing this, after dying on the cross, after saying it is finished, the work of salvation is finished, he then on the third day, he rose again, and then he commissions his disciples. And this is called the Great Commission, the Great Commission. And we read that in Matthew chapter 28. And it it goes like this, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So he's telling his disciples, look, go and make disciples of all nations. Whatever I have taught you, go and teach it to everyone else in the world. But underpinning that, he says, you can do this because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me and I am with you always to the very end. On the basis of that, he says, you can go, okay? And in Luke chapter 24, he says, 
He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. So he called his disciples to be his witnesses, starting from Jerusalem, then in Judea, then in Samaria, and to the ends of the world. And he says, I am with you, and therefore you go. And, uh, and then we look at, I'm going to expand on that in a, in, in a minute. And then looking at the next verse in Luke 24, 49, he's saying, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And then going on to Acts 1.8, now you know that Luke and Acts were written by the same author, the physician Luke. And uh, so he's continuing with, you know, where he left off in the book of Luke. And I admire Luke because I'm a physician as well. <clears throat> and he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. If I were to paraphrase it like this, Jesus is saying, do not even think about setting one foot outside Jerusalem until you are properly equipped. And that equip him comes when the Holy Spirit of God is going to come upon you and into your lives. And when he comes, he, you will receive power and then you can go and do what I've asked you to do. You see, when we um, uh, think about this, we could ask. We are ordinary people. They could have asked. We are ordinary people. We are fishermen. How do you expect us to do this? How do you expect us to do this? But he's saying, I am with you. I am supplying the power. I am with you to the very end. And it's by my strength... You know, and my work in your life that you're going to do this. And he's saying here, wait until you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then we can anticipate unexpected success. Success that we never ever could have imagined. The disciples could ever have imagined. And we see that on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes. The apostle Peter stands up. He's never done this. He stands up in the midst of a great gathering and speaks. And 3,000 people are saved and are baptized and are added to the church. And we find that the gospel spread like, spreads like wildfire throughout Asia and Europe. Like a wildfire. Within a few decades, so many churches were planted throughout Asia and Europe. And all this was facilitated, you know, the time was right. It was a time of peace. And um, it's described as Pax Romana, the time of peace, the time of imperial peace, which lasted for about 250 or 300 years. And so previously, you know, if you go into a foreign nation, you are treated as an enemy. You know, you had to be in your own bunker. If you go to the foreign land, you're the enemy and you'll be shot down or you'll be killed or you'll be put in jail. But here, they could travel freely 
with the gospel and the holy spirit of god was in them and the gospel spread like wildfire and now we find that the gospel is reaching the ends of the world the ends of the world and david was here last week and he was talking about how the gospel is advancing in ukraine in the north caucasus region in ukraine in russia he spoke about the southeast asia he spoke about what is happening in the islamic world he spoke about what was happening in africa now our own martin who is in africa just texted us saying the gospel is spreading like wildfire you know in africa you know it's it's happening you know through our own church folk okay and uh, you know we are part of this we are part of this big movement that is happening all over the world and uh, carrying on with the mission he has entrusted to his disciples in john chapter 20 verse 21 jesus said peace be with you as the father has sending me i am sending you jesus is saying my father sent me for a mission and likewise i am sending you and then talking about his mission in luke 19 he said for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost and in mark 10:45 he says for even the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many and john 3:17 he says for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him you see our primary mission is the same as that of jesus christ our primary is exactly the same we are called to seek and to save that which is lost in our last song we sung let the lost be welcomed home by the saved and by the redeemed we are the saved and the redeemed so it's our duty to welcome home the lost okay and the last you know the i think the 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 chorus was you know we give our life to honor this you know to honor this and uh, jesus is saying you know i have loved you i have given myself over to you i have come you know into you and now if you honor him he's saying now go and be my witnesses to the ends of the world we have christ and we have the body of christ and uh, jesus started off this mission and we the body of christ we are continuing the work which jesus has started is that is that okay is that so in this this in this day and age okay the commission has come to me and to you you know we are you know the ones uh, that jesus is now entrusting this mission with so now you must be wondering how can i an ordinary person how can i convince someone out there that the answer to all his or her problems is a person who lived 2000 years ago is it easy to convince someone that the answer to all his or her problems is a man who lived 2000 years ago it's not easy it's not easy but this is where our words when we speak to others when we speak to someone else 
our words are accompanied by the power of the Holy Spirit. The conviction of the Holy Spirit and with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And we call this the internal witnessing of the Holy Spirit. The internal witnessing of the Holy Spirit. We can't do it. You know, but when we share the gospel, when we share the good news, when we share about our Savior with others, God himself is with us, you know, witnessing with us. And this is what brings the conviction. This is what brings the change. And he is the one who saves, ultimately. And David, when he was speaking last week on the temple, he said from John 7, he quoted John 7, 38, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. And um, <clears throat> this is not from us. This is not from us. This is of him. Okay? He's the one who causes it to flow. He's the life that is within us. He's the living water that is within us. And it is from his strength you know, that all these things flow. It is his ability that causes all these things to flow out of us. Imagine, you know, when we are walking around in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our places of work, in our universities, we are life. We are life. Okay? And um, there's a verse in the Bible says, where there are these salt marshes and the fresh water flows. When the fresh water flows, life comes. There is no life in the marshes, salt marshes. But when the fresh water comes, there is life. And we are taking this life with us, day in and day out, you know, into the world. Amongst, uh, uh, you know, uh, amongst the people who live in darkness, okay? See, Jesus has paid the penalty for everyone in this world. He has done for everyone, not just for us. For each and every person in this world. Male, female, old, young. He has paid for everyone. Whatever their background, whatever their nationality. He has paid the penalty for everyone. And we are only called to distribute this gift. Okay? Nothing great. He says, go and distribute this gift. I've done everything. He's not asking us to do any heroics. Is he? He's not asking us to do anything great. He's saying, it's just like giving a, a Christmas card or something or inviting to a wedding. Just go and tell everyone, Jesus has done this. That's it. Okay? That's it. Yeah? You see, so where is the problem? You know, we talk about, we hear this verse, reverse of living water flowing out of us. But sometimes our experience is not like that. Sometimes we think we can experience the flow is like a trickle. And sometimes there is no flow at all. And why is that? You see, we need to understand that we are in spiritual warfare. When we are trying to bring in the message of the kingdom, the enemy is also at work. Not only that, we are also in a performance culture. All right? Performance culture. So wherever... We see open the telly or, you know, there are big meetings. There is this power ministries and fire ministries and, you know, big things happening. And you go to all these meetings and you think, wow, okay. 
And then so many things are happening, gold dust coming down and oil coming and this and that. And you go and think, you get excited. You go and thinking, you go into your little cell, into your home, into your room. And you're thinking, wow, that was great. And then you look at yourself. You're thinking, what am I? I'm nothing. You think, I'm nothing. And then the enemy comes and says, you are right. You're right. You're nothing. Okay? And we believe this. And we believe this. And then what we do is, we just, I'm only called to go to church, be quiet, and then come home and go about my business. It's all about looking after myself. Okay? And I become tired and I think, oh, I'm tired. I'm weary, I'm suffering. Let me go to church, okay? Let me tell you, if you're tired, if you're suffering, if you're weary, church is the right place to come, all right? But, you see, Jesus didn't ask us to do great things, you know? He didn't ask us to focus on gold dust, on oil coming down and great things. He said, Give a cup of cold water. Am I right? How many of you here can give a cup of cold water? Lift your hands. How many can give a cup? Good. You're in. You're in. All right? How many can distribute an invitation card? How many? Anyone can. Okay, so you're in. Okay? That is all. And he also said one thing. When you go about sharing the good news... When you go about your mission, then miracles will happen. You see? Then miracles do happen. Okay? Do happen. God will do astounding things, amazing things. He said, you will do greater things than what I have done. Amazing. Okay? Jesus did only for three and a half years. He said, but now we are going to do it for years and years and years. We've been doing it for 2,000 years. All right? And uh, he didn't ask us to do great things. He only asked us to give a cup of cold water and say, Jesus loves you as he gives you the grace. All right? And when you go about witnessing, miracles happen. Don't focus on the miracles. Don't focus on the big people. I've known people who, you know, who come and tell me, look, some great things are happening there. Miracles are happening there. Would you like to come and watch? I said, do you watch it? I said, no, no, I don't watch it. I don't watch God TV. And they said, no, I can record it and give it to you. I said, please don't give it to me. They said, why not? Are you not interested? I said, the king is with me. The king is with me. So why should I go here, there, and everywhere? The king is with me. And my business is to be with the king, to walk with the king. All right? I'm not belittling what is happening in the world. It's not my job to judge. And if I've offended any one of you, I'm sorry. That was not my intention. I was only trying to say, if you focus on the wrong things, okay, Jesus didn't ask us to focus there. He said, I am in you. You see, we are ordinary people. You are ordinary people. I am an ordinary person. Okay? But... We have an extraordinary God living within us. All right? And even when you are here, even when we are here, 
I want each one of us to realize I'm ordinary. There's nothing great about me. Okay, I'm just like anyone else, flesh and blood, weaknesses, everything. Okay, but there is a king, a God living within us. And if you don't see that, then everything is gone, finished. Okay, so think about this. When you are in your cell, when you are in your room, when you are in your house, when you are by yourself, know this, that my king is with me. It is his glory that fills my life. It is his living water that's flowing out of me. It is his light that is coming out of me. We are the church and David said, you know, God lives by his spirit in us, the church. And we, we sang there, let the church shine like the bride, you know. We are to shine like the bride with his glory, with his light. Let us do that, church. Let us do that. Ordinary people, but extraordinary God living within us. Oh, my God, my time is nearly up. Can I take five more minutes? Is that okay? <clears throat> I, let me tell you some stories. This is where, very important. I was seeing a patient in my clinic and uh, this young lady, she's in her 40s, she came and he said, Dr. Thomas, do you know me? I said, I was thinking, ooh. <laughs> I forget whom I've seen 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and um, so she said, I used to be a medical rep for such and such a company. I used to see you in Bedford so many years ago. I said, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then I, you know, and then she said, um, are you from Goa? I said, no, no, I'm from, not from Goa, I'm from Kerala. And then she asked, have you got, uh, are there many Christians in Kerala? And she's a Gujarati, she's a Hindu, okay? And uh, I said, yeah, yeah, there are many Christians. I am, in fact, I'm a Christian. And she said, I'm a Christian too. I'm a born-again Christian, she said. And I said, wow, okay. And then she said, I was a Hindu. And I said, my husband passed away, and I've got two children. And then I was going through a lot of struggles. And then a Christian friend shared the gospel with me, and I've become a Christian. I'm set free. I've got rid of all the idols. And he said, whenever I get an opportunity, you know, I share, you know, what has happened in my life. Look at this woman. She's a Hindu. Been saved for a few years now. And look at the excitement. I looked at her, and I loved her. And I'm thinking, wow, you're like me. You know, and uh, because I ask questions, you know, like this to somehow share the gospel. She was asking, she was actually looking for an opportunity to say that she is a born again Christian. Amazing. Amazing what he can do. If this woman can do it, you know, and uh, she told me some other amazing stories as well. And it is, you know, it's so simple. You know, she's filled with such love, such excitement. And sometimes what happens is that, you know, when we share the gospel, results sometimes come very quickly. I know that when I shared, I've shared these stories with you, when I had a Muslim friend, a, 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 a work attachment, a work placement guy came and, you know, into my clinic, and he was sitting there listening and seeing the patients and everything. He asked me, um, Dr. Thomas, um, you know, what are your hobbies? Then I'm thinking, I do gardening, I like travel, uh, and then I'm thinking, I, I teach the Bible. I couldn't think of anything else. I said, I teach the Bible. Then he said, quick poet. Then he said, when you retire, what would you like to do? So I said, I'll do some gardening, I'll do some traveling, and I'll teach the Bible. And, 
And that sort of, I don't know what happened. He asked me more questions. And for one hour, we were discussing the Bible. And then after, the next day, he texted me saying he had a dream in which Jesus appeared to him and he gave his life to Jesus. So quick result, okay? But a lot of the time, it's not as easy as that, okay? We remember when we started the Malayalam outreach here, it took us five years to get the first fruit, and that was Santosh and Shilbi sitting here. And five years, but that five years was not a waste. I realized that during those five years, I was being matured. You know, I was benefiting because I was studying the word, I was preaching the word, I was learning, I was on a you know, rapid you know, trajectory up, okay? Remember Moses, you know, he was 40 years in the palace, then 40 years in the desert, God had to teach him, undo all the things, you know, 40 years, and then 40 years of ministry. And this is what sometimes we experience. When we, when we set out, we think, oh, I need quick results. Sometimes it doesn't happen like that. Sometimes when we go about, we learn. It's for our benefit. And I remember, the greatest beneficiary is my wife and my children. Because I was a hard man, you know. And uh, God changed me. And God changed me and made me so different. And uh, so God works in your life. Okay, when we go about this, he changes you first and then uses you, you know, for other things. And uh, I know there are so many of you here. You've been praying for your children, your sons, your daughters, your parents, your brothers, your sister, you know, your friends. And you've had results, fantastic results. You have persevered. You guys have persevered. And you have won. Okay, and I know that results are yet to come. So keep on doing that. Keep on doing that. Now, talking about, you know, we spoke about my auntie who just, you know, died in a road traffic accident. Six months ago, we were in the U.S. in their home. And, um, you know, I had gone to, to see them because aunt was suffering. You know, he, she, she was recovering from an illness. She's a diabetic. And after the meal, they had given us a fantastic meal some sort of lamb biryani or chicken biryani, I can't remember. And over the dinner table, you know, they started asking questions. And for one, one and a half hours, you know, I was sharing the gospel and teaching about grace and the outworking of grace and all of those things. And auntie was listening, uncle was asking lots of questions, they were asking lots of questions. And after that, they were so, she was so full of joy. And um, she, my, my, my cousin is a, is a believer, and my aunt is going to church with her. And she said, I love the Lord Jesus. Okay? And six months, six months down the line, six months down the line, she's no more. And so, my friends, we are surrounded on all sides by people who live in spiritual darkness. They don't know they're left from their right. They're left from their right. Okay, And as far as spiritual matters are concerned. And Matthew 9, Jesus says, you know, when he was going through all the towns and villages, you know, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he says, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And church, the same is true for us in this day and in this age. You know, you know, one of the things that I regularly pray is, Jesus, give me the grace to see you the way you see things. You know, the way Jesus sees things. God, give me the grace to see it through your eyes, to hear through your ears. It's a constant prayer. It's a daily prayer. And uh, 
you know, when Jesus looks with his eyes, he has compassion because people are harassed and helpless. That is why he came on a rescue mission. And when we have the heart of Jesus, you see, we are actively praying, asking for the heart of Jesus. When we are actively praying, then we, we, you know, he empowers us by his Holy Spirit and we are able to share the gospel. Let's stand up. And <clears throat> as, as I'm, I'm going to pray, but I want each one of us here to recognize, and I am recognizing that I am weak Okay, I am weak. I am an ordinary person. But I am at the same time recognizing that King is with me. So if you, like me, feel that you are inadequate, you can open your arms as if to receive from him. And I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much. We thank you so much for speaking to us this morning. We thank you for so much for reminding us that even though we are ordinary, Lord, you are extraordinary. You are the king and you are in our lives, in each one of our lives. And Lord, we thank you for you are on a rescue mission. You've done everything for everyone in this world. And you are asking us to walk with you to give a cup of cold water. And Lord, to tell everyone about the good news that you have won for everyone in this world. And Lord, we pray that, you know, if there is anything in our lives that is stopping the streams of living water from flowing out, Lord, we pray that you'll remove it by your power. In the name of Jesus, any blockages, any obstacles, let it go in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, cause it to flow, Lord. Cause it to flow freely, life-giving water. And Lord, we pray that your church here, your bride here, Lord, let it shine beautifully with your light, with your glorious light. And Lord, we pray that this town will see your light, will see the beauty of your life. And Father, we pray that many will be saved. Many will be brought into your kingdom. Lord, as we sang this morning, Lord, we want to welcome the lost, the saved and the redeemed. We want to welcome the lost into your kingdom. And Lord, we want to honor you in this. We want to stand with you. Lord, bless your church. Bless your people. May your name be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Have a good week.